I love Vision Sunday. I love to be here for Vision Sunday. Um, and I love to cast vision. Um, something that I learned years ago and, and a long time ago is that there's a difference between your cause, what, what our cause is. We're, we're, we're in this for the cause of Christ. Can you say amen? amen. But the vision, the vision for a local body comes from God. The vision does. And the vision evolves. It evolves over time. And the cause will never change. It will never, we'll never be in this for the cause of another individual, another human being, or for something other than Christ. And, and, and people have to understand that. But, but the vision evolves. But part of the vision, and, and the vision that this church has always been about, um, is, is tied to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations and immerse them in the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there's a reason why. It's not just a, that's not just a catchy phrase or cliche. There's a reason why. You cannot exist on planet Earth without the revelation of who Father is, who the Son, which is the Word of God, is, and who the Holy Spirit is. That the Holy Spirit is not an it, but He's a person. And, and, and he's a person that wants relationship with you so that you can have relationship with the Father. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ by the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way to the Father. You can, you can, that, that's why if you've ever watched documentaries on different channels about God, sometimes I look at that and I'm not being critical of what other people say about God. But they don't know God because they don't understand Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. See, and, and the great commission for the church is to make disciples so that people know Father, Son, and Holy Ghost so we're not a bunch of idiots in the world trying to explain God away and it not be according to the Word. The great commandment is what? It's not a great option, it's a commandment. It's not when you feel like it or when someone's nice to you. It's a commandment. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, the key to that is not trying to love God. The key to that is understanding God, loving yourself, and then loving your neighbor the same way. And so we're going to talk about that today. But making disciples is a key part. And, and at Gates of the City, you know... What's important for us is being effective in our community, so that's evolving. We do some great things in our community, like this, this program with the kids and taking shoes to our community. I'm telling you, people remember. I mean, there's not a firefighter or a policeman in Kerrville, Texas, that doesn't know Gates of the City because of what we do for them at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. And we've done it for, what, 10, 11, 12 years, something like that? They, they all know who we are. You ask any fireman if they know Gates of the City, they know it because we feed them on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. They know us. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that has to do with community. Well, that's evolving, you know. There's things that we do strong like that, but I've put myself in this community again in, in the last year or so and connected myself with other leaders, and I found out that other leaders are doing really strong things in our community. So as a church, we're going to get behind in the future what other people are doing strong instead of trying to duplicate what someone else is doing because, well, we got to do it with our church. No, we got to do it for the church, the church of Jesus Christ. So there'll be certain things that we do strong, and we'll lead those, but there's other things that other people do strong, and we're going to get behind and support. That's part of our vision. And, we're, and that's evolving and it will continue to evolve because you can be, as a church, you can be so missions-minded somewhere else that you forget your community and we can't do that. But as a church, what's evolving and will continue to evolve is more of a mission-minded church body here at Gates of the City, you know, in, in this coming year and in the days and years ahead. Um, 
One of the reasons as a church body that we, we want to be connected to the community is because connecting with the community connects ourselves to the church. And you cannot be divisive with churches in a city and be effective. It, 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 there's no way. Some of the strongest groups in America and around the world are people that understand connection. I mean, people with some of the worst and ungodly visions for humanity are strong because they understand real connection. They understand we got to be on the same page and in agreement to be effective in our community and, and, and in our world. And that's what's vital for the church, and that's part of the vision of this body, to understand how to connect with the rest of the body of Christ. We're going to do our own thing. You, you have to have people say, well, you know, all these separate congregations are not right. It needs to be one church. That'll never work. You know why? Because everybody's got different preferences. And you're going to get everybody together and try to get everybody on the same page. It's not going to happen. That's why you need other places. That's why if you're part of Gates of the City and you need to be here, you need to get planted here. See, but if you need to be somewhere else, you need to get where you can be planted and you can grow and develop in your life. See? So that, that, that's, that's huge. I had, I had somebody... Well, you, if, if you, probably each and every one of you, if you came into this church and I met you in the foyer, you know, at some time or another, um, and you said you were looking for a church, I got an agreement with you that you would find the right church. A while back, somebody was in the foyer out there, and I said, and I, and I said is this the first place you've looked? And they said, no, we've looked at a few other places, but we're just looking for a church. And I said, you know what? There's, there's other good churches in our community, and I'm in agreement, but if you're supposed to be here, we want you here. But if you're not supposed to be here, we don't want you here. Amen? And, and they, he kind of looked at me like, okay. You know, he, he, thought, he thought I'd want, you know, and, and I wasn't discouraging him in any way. But I've learned, let, let's, let's cut the whatever you want to call it. What, what, what's the nicest thing you can say? Cut the crap? Is that all right if I say that here in church? Okay. Let, let's cut all that stuff and, and kind of penetrate and get to what really matters you need to be where you attend church is not your choice it's God's and you need to be where God wants you amen we want everybody in this place that's supposed to be here you're not whatever but everybody needs a place to where they can be planted and they can grow amen and that's what we're talking about today that's part of the corporate vision of gates of the city um So tonight, we're going to pray over personal vision. There's two things before I... This is all free here. This won't cost you anything. My message will be in a minute. <clears throat> um, uh, <laughs> everybody laugh. That was a joke. It's not caught. Right. So um, if you have goals and you have vision for yourself, bring it tonight, and we want to agree with you. We want to, my wife and I want to lay our hands on that on your visions, and we want to agree with you to see those things fulfilled. But if you don't have vision or goals, and you say, you know, I I don't even know, it's okay. So here's my encouragement to you today. Take this afternoon and go home and ask yourself and sit around and listen on the inside of you. Ask yourself, what do I want to do? Just ask yourself. Um, I didn't give you this, and, and I'll, take, I'll take a minute, but g- give me James chapter 4 and verse 1. Uh, up on the screen, verse 1, 2, and 3. G- give me that, and, and I'm going to say something else, and I'll wait for you to get it up there. Um, <clears throat> most people have never asked. You know, most people have never asked themselves. There was a day when... when Years ago, when my wife asked me, she asked me, what, what do you want for yourself? And so my answers were all about the church. No, no, no. She said, what about yourself? And I thought, wow, I've been so involved in other people's lives. I, haven't, I really haven't thought about myself. What, what do I really want or like? And from that, God showed me something that is unique, and, I, and I'm challenging you to do it today and all year long. 
So I began to ask myself what I wanted to do. So I wrote those things down. And then I heard God inside of me say, now what do you think I want you to do? And so I began to ask God, what does he want me to do? And so today, what I encourage you to do, you, you, you have, watch this. And, and here is just a picture of the world right here in these three, first three verses. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss or with wrong motive that you may spend it on your own pleasure. See, most people don't have because they don't ask. Well, they've never been told to ask, right? But there's a difference in me asking myself and then me asking God what his plan is for me. Amen? So, I'm not going to go any farther because that gets into my message today. But today, if you have vision and, st- and you've written them down, bring them with you. Goals and vision. But if you don't, go ask yourself today what that might... You, you, you may have in the back of your mind that you really hadn't thought about or maybe you have thought about it. Maybe one thing. Write it down. That's a start. And then ask God, Lord, what do you want from me? Listen, if you ask God, he'll speak. But if you never ask, he won't butt in and, and tell you what you're looking for. You have to ask. You have to take the first step. Draw near to God, God will draw near to you. You take a step toward him, he'll take five towards you. Amen? So think of that today as we get into this word. <clears throat> um, so the title of my message today, I love this title. God gave me this title for today. The title of my message today is Chosen for Greatness. Somebody's probably written a book like that, I don't know, but I, that's what I heard. Uh, well, or created for greatness, that's good enough. <clears throat> but that's probably what I told them. <clears throat> but it's chosen for greatness, okay? Being chosen for greatness. And I'm going to, I, I want to, talk today about what the church's responsibility is to stop people from not fulfilling the plan and the purpose that God had for them. It's the church's responsibility. The church of Jesus Christ cannot be centered around programs and have the appearance of being some political platform. The church of Jesus Christ must be centered around the word. Okay? So today, as as we look at a few things, I'm just going to kind of talk to you today. I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to talk to you. Because I want you to really hear what, what I believe God has said. The last two messages, if you haven't heard the last two messages that we've preached on Sunday... Go to the website and just, you can either listen to those or download those, they're free. And, and listen to those messages and, and begin to really get a hold of this revelation and understanding that God had your life planned and he had a purpose for you before the foundation of the world. Before you were even thought about, he had a plan for our lives. We've got to understand that. Um, before he shaped the universe... He chose you. I'm going to say some things that are going to be a little difficult for some people because of the way you view yourself. But I believe this is, this is vital to us understanding how to fulfill our purpose and plan on the earth. You realize, you realize that every day across America, I'm just going to take America, every day in America, people wake up, They get dressed, they get in their car, and they go to work at a place they don't even like. Involved in vocation they don't even enjoy. Possibly something that they're doing that they spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, have student loans that they have to pay back, and if you're in that position, I'm not being critical of you, I'm just saying. 
And the reason that they're not fulfilled, I didn't say, you don't have to be happy. Happy is not God. That's not, that's not one of the attributes of God, not happy, fulfilled. There's a difference in fulfillment and happiness. Happiness is conditional. Fulfillment is something that you become established in. And there's people all over America that are that way because, not because they're bad, because they didn't know how to tap God's plan for them before they got out there trying to figure out what their plan was. I hope you hear me when I say that. I'm not being critical of anybody. All of us. I'm, I mean, I've done some absolutely stupid, ridiculous things because I never asked God. What I'm talking about is how to tap the wisdom and the understanding of God. He formed you and I and we were formed and created in his image, which is what? Is spirit. God is spirit, and you and I were created in the image of God. But that creation came from, and I, and I mentioned this to you, this is, this is just something that, I've, that I got, that it came from a meeting between Father, Son, and Holy Ghost before the foundation, before he created us. They got together and did what? They created a vision and had a plan. And you know what? You were an intricate part of that plan from before the beginning. Amen. From before the beginning of time, you were a key part of his plan up to this day. Keep thinking about what I'm saying about you. I'm talking about you, you and me, us. Ephesians 1, and we read this last week, and we'll look at it again. Ephesians 1, verse 3, to confirm what I'm saying. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. That word chose is select. He selected you. Anybody ever, anybody ever play basketball? Raise your hand if you played basketball real high. So we got some basketball players in here. You ever like in elementary school and you were playing pickup ball with guys and, and, it, and so you had 15 guys and you were going to play five on five or you had 12 guys, and you're going to play five on five, and two weren't going to get picked and selected. But uh, So you had, you had one guy that picked Team A and the other guy that picked Team B, right? And so the guy on Team A is going to pick the guy that's the best player and so on and so on. And, uh, you know, I was a good basketball player. Usually I wasn't picked first, but maybe second or third, you know. And, uh, and I was tall, and so that was a benefit, and I knew how to play a little dirty. And... Uh, so they, they liked the way I played, and, and, uh, and so, so I would get selected. But I had a friend that never got selected, never. And he was, if there was 12 of us, he was one of the two that didn't get to select it, and so he sat over there, and, and I never thought about that till later on. I never thought about how he felt in his life, you know, and how, how he felt the fact that he was not selected. Well... I'm telling you today that you are so significant, you and I are so significant, that God selected you. Everybody was selected individually. There's no one person better than anybody else. No one's left out. We were chosen beforehand. And and to understand that and what we're sharing today, you cannot understand vision for the corporate church if you don't have vision for yourself. See, if the church is casting vision and not helping other people get their vision, then you drag people. And the church wasn't, we were not made to drag people along. We, we, were, we were created to help people have vision for themselves so we could all move forward in the same pace. God created all of us to be that way. <clears throat> But he chose us for greatness. He chose you to be great. 
Say that after me. I am chosen to be great. So that means, say it, I'm great. We're great. You were created for greatness. That's why we're here, because God created us for greatness. In John 1 and verse 1, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and everything came from the Word, even you and I. So, let's just look at that real quick. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, follow with me here. He said, in the beginning God created, verse 1 of of Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, there's the Word. There's Jesus that we know of. The Son who became the Son, but He was the Word first. In the beginning was the Word. And verse 14 of John 1 says, And the Word became flesh... And he dwelt among us. He became the Son of God. He became Jesus that we know of, our Savior, our Liberator. Amen? But in the beginning was the Word. And it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called, there's the Word, the light day, and the darkness He called night. So the evening and the morning... We're the first day. Let's look at the last day. Verse 26. <clears throat> then God said, there's the word, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God spoke blessing upon them. But in the beginning, as we see here, everything was spoken, and, but it was spoken, and I want you to catch this. This is a key part to the rest of what I'm going to say today. What was spoken, what he spoke when he created in, in the beginning, day one, day two, day three, day four, and on and on, and, and then with us in the last day, as he made us, when he spoke that, And and, and really catch this. He spoke it from the blueprints of the original meeting before the foundation of the world. So see, when he created Adam, he created me. Because he chose me before the foundation of the world. Now, I, I, I I don't want you to lose me in what I'm saying. Say this with me. I choose... To believe what the Word says. Amen? So, so don't, don't lose me in what I'm saying here. The Word doesn't have to make sense today when you hear it. You have to receive it and then let God reveal it to you. You know, that's the key to understanding what God has. What I'm preaching to you today is not the end. It's just the beginning. The Holy Spirit, the true teacher, will take what I say and reveal this to you as being real. Amen? But, but what, what, what was spoken when you and I were created was spoken from the blueprints of the original meeting between Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. And so when they created, they created it from those blueprints. God didn't just kind of wake up one day and say, well, I guess I'm, I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff. No, God doesn't do anything like that. God was prepared. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. And when he said it, it came to pass. You and I were created in that same image of God. And we were created to be word people. That's why we have to have revelation of the word. We have to have 
understanding and revelation of God's word so that what we say and speak over ourselves are because of what he has already said. God wants your life to line up with his original plan for you. That's where fulfillment comes from. That's where from fulfillment you'll live a happy life. But the happiness is not what you're looking for. Well, Pastor, you know, I've I've just got to change what I'm doing because i just got to be happy. Wrong motive. Wrong motive. Happiness will come. But happiness comes from fulfillment. See, happiness then is not conditional based on your circumstances. Happiness will come from because I'm obeying the voice of God. I'm doing what God called me to do before the foundation of the world. Wow. So, with that in mind, man, I'm sorry. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen you. He selected you. When? When did he choose you? Before the foundation of the world. He chose you before you were even thought about. And he didn't choose you because of all the things you did right. He chose you, why? Because of the love that the Father had for you. Right? Bible says God so loved the world that he gave the best of heaven. God's love for his son Jesus, he, he loved him so much, and he gave him for you and I. So we're his sons that he loves. So we're not chosen because we're perfect. We're not chosen because of all the right things that we've done in life or because of our talents. We were chosen because of his love for us. That's it. No other reason. You're chosen. You've been selected to be great. Everybody say, I'm great. I'm great. God's never made anything not great. Now, if that's true, don't, don't raise your hand and don't comment back to me. We don't want anybody to know what, that you feel that way about yourself. But how many could say there's some work to be done in you to see yourself great? I don't care who you are. There's some work to be done. I've got to see myself the way he chose and selected me in the beginning. I was part, I was part of his initial plan for greatness. The church of Jesus Christ. I tell you what, this is the greatest day to ever be alive in the history of the world. I mean, it is, it is a phenomenal day. Listen, because... If you're spending time focusing on the darkness out there and how dark certain areas and places are, you're you're looking at the wrong thing. The Bible said darkness would cover the earth in deep darkness in this day, but the light. But God in us, Christ in me is the hope of glory. See? But you will never be a part of that thing. Listen to me. Because one of these five things or whatever will relate to everybody in here. You will never be that light when you are stooped in jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, hatred. When you're ruled by fear, you'll never be a part of that. See, because you'll constantly be moved by what someone else does. If jealousy rules your life, if someone gets promoted, man, you're focused on that. Why did she or he get the why, why, why did that happen in their life or whatever? You know, you're constantly focused on it. You can't be a part of the light shining. See, the greatest in the kingdom are those who walk in true humility. But true humility, a lot of times, is not what people think. There's a lot of false humility that will not promote. And God wants us to humble ourselves under his mighty hand that he exalts us at the right time. See, 
but it'll always be on the heels of you rejoicing and being glad for other people. You'll never be a part of that light group to expose darkness when those forms of darkness continue to remain. The church has been good about, in the past, focusing on somebody getting delivered from alcohol or drugs or perversion or these kind of things, but yet the stuff on the inside that people keep, that's the real destructive force. God can handle somebody smoking cigarettes or drinking or doing the... God can handle that. What, what, what the kingdom can't handle is somebody that operates and is stooped in bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and anger and hatred and those kind of things. that the, the church can't function. That's where the church has been because we've not gotten liberated and free. And the way you do that is by finding out from God how great you are. And when you know you're great in God, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. See, because greatness is not based on how much money you have, you know, your political stance or, or, or your, you know, where you stand in the community or how people see you or how many degrees you have or don't have or whatever. All the, it doesn't matter if you have things or you don't. Greatness is in you fulfilling the plan of God. That's where you have to have vision for yourself so you can be connected to something that's greater than you are, which is the church, and you'll see the church advance through your personal vision because you know who you are. You don't have to promote yourself. In fact, the less you think about yourself, the more God will promote you. Well, I've got to take care of myself. I've got to do know you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you're to take care of yourself. God meets all your needs according to his riches and glory. Paul didn't say that about himself. Paul said that to others about his God. He said, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. Amen. And I'm saying that to you. We have to, we have to understand how to connect with God personally first before the other will work. I shared with you some of the vision of Gates of the City when we first started. But those visions will never be fulfilled if you don't have personal vision and you've not connected with what God had planned for you before you were. That means there has to be some alteration and changes. There had to be in my life. I had to make some real changes. When I got born again and found out that, that my life wasn't going to be about some of the things that I was doing right there, man, I had to make some real changes, you know? And those changes had to be made over time as I could handle it. God's not going to force change on you. He's not going to make you, you come revelation, you're beginning to feel like God's wanting you to do something. It doesn't mean you stop what you're doing today. You keep doing what you're doing and allow God's plan to get you to where he wants you. God, and that's what faith is. It's, it's a beautiful concept and a picture, but it creates vision for you and for the church and for the church of Jesus Christ. And, and it all, go, all goes back to that original meeting between Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the, before the beginning of time that we know of. Amen? Verse 27. But God has chosen, chosen the foolish things of the world. Man, I can say thank God for that. To put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That's God's choosing. That's his choosing of you and I in, in the world. So listen to me. If you feel like you're nothing, it's because God chose you. He took the nothings of the world to confound the wise. If you think you're all that, the Bible says for us to, to think not highly of ourselves, but highly of God. See, the, the, there's a real balance in being confident. There, there are people that are really, really confident that are very humble people. I'm going to say it again. There are people that are very, very confident, and they're humble people. Why? Because they've humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God, and then they do what God says, and sometimes it looks like they're arrogant or whatever. But all that really matters is where your heart is. It doesn't matter what other people think. But then the other people that think it's all about them, and they'd be nowhere without themselves, and if they're not humbled, then somewhere along the line, things are going to crumble and crash. 
Because God didn't create it to be about you. He created it to be about him so that he can make it about you. So, you know, the Bible's all about confidence and faith. Cast not away your confidence, for it has a great recompense of reward. When you've done the will of God, you'll receive the things that are promised. See, confidence and arrogance are two totally different things. And they can be, they can be viewed in one way that it appears that somebody's arrogant when they're really not. And over here, somebody in false humility can appear to be humble when they're really arrogant. But we'll talk about that another time. But he's chosen you. Can you say amen? John 15 and verse 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. We ask not, we have not because we ask not. We ask and receive not because we ask amiss. But when you understand that he chose and selected you, and he selected you for bearing great fruit, and he selected you so that your fruit would remain, when you realize that, and you understand that process in your life, that you are, you, he created you to bear fruit. He didn't just create you to do something. He created you to do something that he wants for you, that it will bear fruit, and that fruit r- will remain. So then... Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He will give it you. So, back the truck up a little bit and, and, and begin to look at how vitally important it is for us to be askers, but askers of His will. That means you have to tap His will and to understand it. Amen? <clears throat> so, And, and here's, a, here's another piece of this, and, and then tonight I'm going to kind of wrap this up and, and bring it together, but, but here's, here's another piece of this. When Ephesians 1.4 said that he has chosen you from before the foundation of the world, he chose us from the word. If there was a meeting before the foundation of the world between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and He chose you, and then He released mankind through creation, then you were chosen from the Word. Everything was planned by the Word. If, if Fabian and I are going to have a meeting about vision for something, okay, how are we going to lay out the vision? Words. Right? If he and I just sit there and we just stare at each other and we just like we're trying to read each other's minds, and that's sometimes what people try to do. Well, they just suppose that's what someone meant or thought. No, that's not gonna work. See, you're laid everything was laid out for, for mankind, for humanity, from before the foundation of the world, from the words. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost talked and discussed and said. Each and every person, this is what they are and who they are. So when they created Adam and Eve through what was spoken, okay, you and I were created right then because they were just the beginnings. We were the ones that followed. Right? So what he created them for was greatness. And that's what you and I have to see. We were created from the Word. So if you were created from the Word, then the blueprint for your life is in the Word. My vision and my destiny and my calling and what I'm here for is in the Word. That's why in the church world you have to center the church around the Word, the spoken Word, and then that people get revelation of the Word because without the revelation you don't understand the calling and the choosing. Wouldn't God choose the most eloquent, and this and that. And see, that, that's where people's mind, God knew it would be that way, that, that people would think that way. And he's saying, no, I've, cho- I've chosen the foolish things of the world 
to confound the wise. And it's not, the foolish things are not just like the poorest person and the most ignorant person or whatever. He takes people that are all about themselves in one, on one side or the other, and he makes them through the word of God into what they were created to be. So listen, you were chosen from the word, and it's the word that now builds who you were chosen, how you were chosen, and what you were chosen for. It's the word that brings that. First Peter two nine. Look at it. This is who we are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I mean, we could spend all day on that one verse of scripture and go through what that's meaning. And throughout this year, as we're talking about understanding why following through in life is so important and to follow through with the revelation of the name of Jesus and what the name of Jesus has done for us and, and how it's at our disposal, we, we have to understand how we were chosen to use the name and accomplish things in the earth. Listen, the earth and the people of planet earth in the, how, how many billion are there? Six, six, five billion, six billion people on planet earth? Man, they're in good hands with Allstate, <laughs> right? Huh? They're in good hands with the church because the church has before them the greatest revelation that we've ever had. It should be that way. It's increased. It's, it's evolved over the last 2,000 years, 2,000 plus years. And it's just getting stronger. And we're taking things like what I'm preaching to you today and we're doing something with it and we're making a difference on planet Earth. There's no end to what you and I can do with the authority and the power of the name of Jesus that was given to us because of what Jesus accomplished. All of his, his investment at Calvary was invested into that name and there's no end to what you and I can accomplish in that name. Amen? But we've got to understand how we were called. We were a, cho- we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. No more darkness. The song we sang today, we're children of God. No more fear. No more fear ruling our lives. Can you say amen? So, I'm going to end today with uh, 1 Corinthians 2. And then tonight we're going to talk a little bit more about implementing vision and, and, and understanding that. But, but to me, there's no greater passage of Scripture right here that tells me how to know what God called me to do before the foundation of the world than this passage in 1 Corinthians 2, and verse, starting with verse 9. And what I'm encouraging you in is all of this year dedicating yourself to know in a greater way what God's plan is for you. Remember, vision evolves. We're in, we're in this for the cause of Christ, and that will never change. But vision, personal and corporate, will evolve, and it will change over time. One of the things that is absolute and will never change is change. Change will always change. There will always be change. Things that appear to be forever will change. Something you thought would be there forever will change, except God and His Word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we can put our confidence in that today that what he called us to do he's able to reveal that to us and that we can be confident that we know what God's told us to do so um, tonight I'm going to share with you how God showed me some things about myself through the years and how certain things about myself evolved 
and, and give you a couple stories about some other people that I know personally that won't mind me using their testimony. And, and I'm going to share about how you have to stay with it and become confident in what God reveals to you. Listen to me. I can't tell Fabian or anybody else in here what God's called them to do. I can't tell them. If I do, then I take the place of the Holy Ghost. Now, I can encourage him and tell him he can bring something to me. We can get an agreement. I have a specific office as an under-shepherd where God will give me things and I'll speak words to him or God, I may pray about something that he's telling me about and when I pray, I give him what God said to me but I can't tell him what to do. See, because for me to tell him what to do is to know something about his life that God didn't give me to know about. And I'm going to show you right here. Or right here. Verse 9. It is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Everybody say prepared. When was that? before the foundation of the world. He prepared and called you and established you before the foundation of the world. But listen to me. What you see and what you hear and what you think is not the plan of God. You don't get the will of God based on what you see or what you hear or what you think. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us, them what? What he's prepared for us. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man? What man knows the things of a man? What man would know the things of another man? And the answer to that is you wouldn't. I'm not saying you can't have prophetic words. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit and that we can bring prophetic words. But those prophetic words are just sentences. They're partial pieces that encourage somebody to hear the voice of God and know for themselves. You see? So that verse 10 says what? It says, uh, verse 11 says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things or the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So people say, well, you can't know the thoughts of God. Hogwash! Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God, and the Spirit of God is inside of me, and so I can know the thoughts of God that God wants me to know. Do I know ever? No, I don't know the things about Him or you or whatever that, you, that only the Spirit of God knows for you. Only. And in there is the plan for your life to be fulfilled. So it doesn't matter what you've done to this point in your life. I don't care if you're 15 years old or you're 95 years old. It doesn't matter. God has plans for our life. And He takes us where we're at and where we begin to put an ear to His voice. That's where He takes us. Well, you know, I'm... I'm 55 years old, I'm kind of washed up. Washed up? You just got started. Huh? When you're talking about the creator of the universe that had a plan for you before, there's no day like the present to tap that plan. And this is how you do it right here. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, not based on what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears or think in our head. Not that way. But the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Man. So, I won't have you repeat this, but I want you to start saying this out of your mouth. I know. Don't, don't, don't repeat it. Just hear, hear what I'm saying. Thank you for your effort. <laughs> uh, I know the things that have been freely given to me by God. I know the, that needs to be a part of a confession over your life. I know the things that have been freely given to me by God. And how do you get that? You get that 
based on what verse 13 says. If you wouldn't mind putting that up in the Amplified for me, and I'll just read it from verse 13 in the Amplified. And we are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with what? Spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. That's why you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Not under pressure, not under pressure, but because it's what God wants for you. It's part of our life. It's part of how we know why we're here. So, in that verse of scripture, what he's saying is this. You've been chosen, okay? You've been empowered. He has set you in a certain place. And for you to know his plan and his purpose for you on the earth, you have to get it from him by praying in the Holy Ghost. So you take words that have been preached to you like this today, and you take it to God, and you begin to pray in the Spirit, and you, you begin to ask God, Lord, what, what did you have for me before the foundation of the world? Scripture says that you, you called me, you, you, you chose me, you established me, you, I, everything that you have for me is already there for me, and Lord, I just thank you for revealing this to me. And as you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, and this is what I do all the time, and I'll share it with you tonight, is that I take what I hear from him and I write it down. Or I put it in my phone or whatever I do. I write it down. And I go back and I look at those things constantly until I see those things come to pass because the other promise that we read today is that he created you to bear fruit and for your fruit to remain. Not to be people that just talk about things happening and talk about greatness, but to be great, right? But the greatness has to come from his, per, his plan and what he is showing you. It won't come because I try to encourage you in something. Now, I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to bring the word to you all the time. But ultimately, the person of the Holy Spirit, the true teacher, has to reveal to you the things that he had planned. Because I'll just tell you right now, I wasn't aware of the original meeting. Now, I was there in representation for him. I was already represented. I was already chosen before the foundation of the world, before my name was even thought about, before my parents even thought about me. You were chosen back then. But I wasn't there in bodily or aware form. Only Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's in us, so he'll reveal to us everything we need to know about that before the foundation of the world. Huh? It's a win-win. But we've got to do our part. We've got to not be afraid to pray in the Holy Ghost and to write things down that God will tell you to do, that people may tell you, oh, you're crazy, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, I can. Oh, man, that's, that's impossible. There's no way for you to accomplish that very thing right there. It, it's not doing something that seems impossible. It's doing something that God said, and it might be seem to be impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen.